welcome back. Oh, your dreams were your ticket app. <laughs> That's just enough. We don't have to pay for that, right? Oh, no, it's free. It's like 45-year-old show. Oh, God. You didn't need to tell me that. I wasn't alive when that happened. No, I wasn't either. Were you? And nothing that... Things that happened before I was alive didn't really happen. It's so. true. The only history of Earth is for the last 34 years. Yes, However 34. old I am now. That's how old I am also. Hmm. Hello, fellow children. I am 34. This is M-Class Podcast. Wee, 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 wee. Trek with your boys. We Get make this in. trek look easy. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you track this? <laughs> We've been gone for two weeks, but we're back. We're better than ever. We're rested up. We're only sure. slightly falling apart from old age. Yeah, uh, Jeff is like taped together with like duct tape and God, like I silly wish. string. <laughs> silly. Putty. I wish I could afford duct tape. It's scotch tape. It's scotch tape? Yo, duct tapes? Is it expensive? Costs more than scotch tape. Oh, sure. <laughs> Do you know what the most expensive tape is? Video uh, tape? Gaff. Gaff tape. <laughs> oh, video tape. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jeff. One, oh, I'm Josh. Uh, on this program, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media. Uh, always an episode so far. We might do something eventually different. Who knows? And Who we knows? pick it apart and we tell you whether it's good or bad. We decide for you. You don't even have to think. It's great. Thinking is overrated and useless. Thinking is stinking. That's what I always say. Shirt it. <laughs> this is the final episode of the re- the star-studded for your pleasure Trek cameo collection. I don't remember the actual name. It's something. I like totally that. forgot what collection we were doing, and I was like, "Are we doing a time travel one?" I don't remember. No, this is the star-studded, uh, spectacular cameo collection. Yeah. And the cameo this time is Star Trek. <laughs> the original Star Trek series is the guest star of this episode, uh, which is cool. It is cool. This episode uses state-of-the-art Forrest Gumping technology. <laughs> Forrest Gumping Buddy Holly technology. <laughs> <laughs> to place uh, the Deep Space Nine cast into the world of Star Trek the original series. It's pretty well done. It holds up, man. It does hold up. I mean, at the time, they talk about how like you couldn't even tell where people were spliced in in yeah. groups or whatever. But you on a can. television, it yeah. Now you can. I mean, obviously, because you just also you know, right? But yeah, back back in the day when it was on your two bass TV and four three, it's true. It's it was magic then. You, completely seamless. Yeah. Um, this is a time travel episode, although it is extremely tongue in cheek about it. Yeah, the time travel MacGuffin is like magic. It's just magic. It's just it's space a, god prophet magic. It's the flux capacitor magic. The, We're uh, back in time. <laughs> the um, episode begins with temporal investigations. Oh god, I Deep love Space it. Nine. They, I love these two nerds. Their names are Luxley and Dulmer, aka Mulder and Scully. <laughs> well, but they're both dudes. It would have been, you know, what would have been amazing if they got uh, Mulder and Scully. That would have been perfect. I bet you they tried, but they're like, "There's no way." 
Because at the time, X Files was like it was crazy, bigger popular. than Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a great moment where um, they're like, they, we want to see Captain Cisco, and uh, Dax is like, oh, you temporal investigations boys are always on time, huh? And they uh-huh. both just stare at her with this intense hatred. <laughs> and they're like, where's his office? And they're like, oh, shit, these guys are no joke. <laughs> My favorite part of that scene is how much Kira loves that joke. She yeah, like she this did. giant <laughs> smile on her face. She didn't grow up with jokes, so that's really funny to her. She's right? like, oh, shit, I forgot about humor when I was you know, <laughs> living on the fucking horrible Bajor that I grew up with. When I was on. on the concentration camp planet. Oh, Jesus. Dude, I mean, right? That's pretty much what it was. It was. Um, the, Cisco's like, are you sure you guys don't want anything? Because he's pouring drinks, and they're like, we just want the truth. The, just the facts, sir. Yeah. Why did yeah. the USS Defiant go back in time? And he's like, he does that charming Cisco ear pull that he does. Yes. <laughs> that's like the Picard maneuver where he straightens his, his shirt yeah. out. But the, the, that's the Cisco maneuver. The, the well, I'm yeah. doing it. You can hear me doing you it. You can see and hear him doing it, everybody. Yeah. Close your, yeah. open your mind's eye and we will be Open your third eye. Um, yeah, he he does his charming little ear pull to let his mom at home know that he's he's fine. And <laughs> that's a reference I don't think anyone under, no, anyone gets. I don't think anyone will get that one. <laughs> that's a that is a I'm amazed that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well we've we've covered that we're both like sixty, so it's fine. Um Cisco's like, you know, it was all an accident. We didn't mean to go back in time. And the two investigators like freeze and like turn their heads at him. And he's kinda yeah. like taken aback for a second. He's like Please tell me that you're not contending that this trip back in time was a predestination paradox. Yeah, and, and, and like, like, no. No, no. Like, good, because like, we good. hate that. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, like... I, I love that the, the, time, the time council is just, like, IRS bureaucrats. Full-on bureaucrats, <laughs> for sure. Just, yeah, they're just, like... Because, like, what do you do? Like, I, I, like, at this point in Star Trek, like, there is no, like, time federation. Like, they're not going back in time and shit, right? Like, as no. far as we know. But, like... Well, you just, like, record the instance of time incursions and just, like, sit on them and just have a filing cabinet full of fucking infractions and shit. Like, what what do you do? There has to be, like, a punishment for this or everybody's going to be going back in time and having sex with their own grandma. Yeah, which, I mean... (laughs) Did you see that, grandma? It's uh, the lady from that we were talking about that like hangs ass in the Ryza episode. It's the same lady. Oh, that's her. Yeah, she. she oh yeah. All right. She's gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he's. They're like you know start from the beginning, and he's like, well, it may take a little bit of time, and they fucking bristle under that again. And he's like, well, no, I'm not joking. And yeah, like, he's like, good. He's like, we hate that too. Yeah, we hate that too. Yeah, these guys are dickwads. You see that they suck right out the gate. I love that this is like uh, the precursor to in the pale moonlight, but it's like goofy pale moonlight, it is, right? It like, is goofy as fuck, yeah. And the, it's like it's like they wrote this episode and they made it, and then a season later they're like, "What if we like have a Cisco narration episode that's like really dark?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I didn't put two and two together about how these connected. until you said that? So thank you. I, I got that vibe like immediately because I love that episode. I love I love both these episodes, but like 
I was like, oh, this is like the silly Pale Moonlight episode. That's how I like it. The Pale Moonlight is like excellent because it's like it's a noir. It's like yeah. it's the um nar- the noir narration of like yeah. the criminal or the detective or whoever like the main. And there's so many is. sexy saxophone hits. It's oh like oh my god, you gotta get them sexy saxes. Yeah, like leg shots and like sexy sax man saxograms. <laughs> Back when like a dude could come by just looking at a knee. It's true. <laughs> we both it. remember. <laughs> we were there. Um, the Cardassian government wants to return a Bajoran orb, which is um, weird that they would want to do that, but they do. Yeah, I guess they're just being nice. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole story behind this that we don't get, but yeah. uh, this there's is during the period of, of time when the Klingons have gone rogue. Yeah. And the only good the Klingon party. left is Worf. <laughs> Everybody else is a bad Klingon again. Yep. For this four episodes. <laughs> um, so they have to go under cloak to Cardassia Prime so that the Klingons won't pick them up. And Man, this is really where the cloaking device shines in this show. It's true. It's weird that there's no Romulan on board after the first time they use it. But there, the Romulans are just like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> We've got bigger <laughs> fish to fry. Yeah, we're we're cool with you taking the convertible out on your own. You've you've earned it, kid. They were so like. You can't ever use this cloaking device unless it's approved by the Romulan on board. Yeah, and uh, they're not allowed to use it in the Alpha and Beta quadrants yeah. either, which is like they always use. It. They're using it in right now in this episode. Yeah, we're talking. That's about. where. Yeah, that's where they're um, at. Yeah, the first Rom. This is spoilers for everything ever, I guess. Um, this first Romulan gets blowed up, and then they send the second one, and then she gets blowed up, yeah. and then they never send another Romulan. <laughs> Do you think the Romulans, like, had, like, some kind of council meeting about, like, are the Federation killing our operatives? Like, are they they on to us? Hopefully they did, because they're getting reports, like, the the Defiant attacked one death. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One death. The Romulan guy. Death by phaser blast somehow. (laughs) Not sure how that happened. (laughs) Anyway, send new... (laughs) Accidental phaser discharge to the back of the head. Seven phaser discharges to the back of the head. <laughs> accidental death. Suicide. <laughs> it was ruled a suicide. Uh, but they think it's probably like a counterfeit orb, but they have to go to find out. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that part. Uh, but they they find out pretty quickly that it's the orb of time, which... There's like so many of these. Uh, I just thought all orbs gave you visions. I didn't think they gave you... They were like the talismans from Jackie Chan Adventures, but apparently they I was going to go with Triforces, but that works. <laughs> the, ta- the talismans each give you a specific superpower. God, that... I was... We were just talking about that yesterday. That's so weird. Oh, yeah? This up. Yeah. We were talking about that cartoon yesterday. That cartoon was way better than it should have been for just being like a Jackie Chan vehicle cartoon. It wasn't even him, right? It was No. He was in the beginning. He would like introduce the episode. He like introduced the episode and then he would like answer a question at the end of the episode. God, how long did it take to film that? Like 20 minutes? He probably filmed them all at once. Yeah, he probably did them all in like two hours <laughs> yeah so it was just like a an american person doing like a, a racist jackie chan impression yeah, and we were all cool really, with 
a really shitty Jackie Chan in, in quote impression. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. He, his real life uncle voiced uncle on it. <laughs> his real life uncle? No. <laughs> Who is his niece? Uh, Jade was her Jane, name. Jade, that's right. Yeah. And she was like a cool skater kid. Yeah, they were, she was like Parappa the Rappa. She was like dressed like that. <laughs> she was. She was like, I really like Parappa the Rappa. I'm going to dress like him. I did too, so it's fine. Yeah, who didn't? Uh, Cisco like locks down the orb in like a crew quarter cabin with like a full like security entourage, including Odo. In case it time travels them. Yeah, hopefully. Well, that'll never happen, right? No, that's, that won't happen. The uh, wharf brings on a passenger who's been like trapped in Cardassian space for like six months. It's yeah. uh, a human who's like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy to see humans and not filthy fucking aliens." He's oh. fucking racist as shit, and it makes a lot of sense. He's doing a human impression. He's doing a human impression. Yes, Ooh. exactly. Wharf is like this is Barry Waddle, a human <laughs> merchant, which is like. An oxymoron? A human merchant in this era? Yeah, yeah, why would you... I guess if you really like being merchant, you gotta go other places, because what are you gonna yeah. do in the Federation, right? Trade, I guess. Barter and I trade. Guess. Sure. Like a like a flea market, I guess. But uh, Waddle is like, I deal in gemstones, kepis, and trillium. Trillium? And he's like, uh, he orders a Ractagino, and he's like, uh, Cardassians drink hot fish juice. And I was yeah. hoping the Klingons would invade because they make good coffee, even if they're foul smelling barbarians. And he looks at Mr. Warp, and he's like, oh, oh shit. He's like, oh, sorry. Bye. Sorry, I'm a big fucking piece of shit racist. Yeah, and then they do this cool, funny bit because, like, Bashir and uh, O'Brien are like on fire in this episode. Oh yeah, this is like they're like highlighting like, how much I love these two guys together. They like steal the episode. They're, they're fucking, fucking great. Troy and abetting all over this yes. episode. Yeah, it, dude, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, they're like, oh, you you have a rather earthy, peaty aroma. Yeah, Bashir's like, I I quite like the way you smell. Yeah, with a touch of. Lilac is Lilac, it? Lilac is it? And Worf's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Worf's like, why did I ever agree to be on this show? Exactly. Uh, back on the bridge, they're like headed back to Deep Space Nine with the orb, and uh, O'Brien's like, trust me. Next time you're talking to Worf, just go. Does that smell like lilac? It's such a good. It's such a good moment. Like, it, what a great carryover joke, right? Like, oh, yeah. And it, like, it continues so to be so good because Dax is like, I have my own ways to torture Worf. And then he looks at Cisco and he goes, don't look at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows that they all really get along, like, in their yeah. downtime as well. Yeah, they're having fun. Like, yeah. It's just, it's so, it's like a fun, it's like setting the stage for how fun this episode is. Because it's In fun right out the gate. Yeah, we're all having fun. Everyone's having fun. Except Worf. <laughs> Except Worf. Per usual. Yeah, well, that's normal. Um, O'Brien yells out, there's a surge in chroniton radiation, which would just make me shit myself every time someone ever yeah. says it. I'd be like, chroniton radiation? That's the time travel one, so we're fucked. Yeah, fucking let me get my hippie 1960s <laughs> outfit on. <laughs> 
I always confuse that scene with the scene from Futurama when Zoidberg goes back to a uh, uh, Andy Warhol studio. Oh yeah. <laughs> to me, they're like the same scene in my head, right? <laughs> And anywhere I was like, oh, far out, or whatever he says. <laughs> uh, so, like, everything goes white, and the ship drops out of warp and decloaks itself. Yeah. Well, of course, it's not by itself, of course. The transporter also activates. So, whose brilliant idea was it to make the ship decloak when someone uses the transporter? Uh, you can't transport when it's cloaked. That's why. Yeah, but, like... Just make it so the transporter doesn't work. Yeah. That's, that right? should... I imagine, like, the idea is that he shut down the cloak and then I used the so. transporter. Yeah. But isn't the cloak, like, a big fucking, like, cartoon, like, pinky in the brain switch on the wall that the, <laughs> that the, <laughs> yeah, the I Romulan the cloaking... pulled? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I figured the cloaking device, you'd have to, like, go to it and, like fuck with it somehow right maybe he did that i don't know i don't know maybe there's like a whole like star warsy backstory where they're like he's sneaking through the jeffrey's tubes like doing this shit who knows right it's like 80 year old there's like 180 year old man yeah he's old as fuck right he's like super old but he is a klingon so they do live longer but they i didn't know they lived that long i guess they have to be able to live that long or else this dude would be dead yeah, Why did no I, one question the fact that he doesn't look like fucking uh, Bones did when he was 180? Like, yeah, but <laughs> Bones looked like the Crypt Keeper's dead ass dad when he was 180. Well, that was just a Forrest Kelly. They didn't even put makeup on him. <laughs> you they make were just that like, joke every time. It's dude, that guy. Like, I love the Forrest Kelly, but <laughs> that guy was old when he was young. It's true. He very that much guy was like Patrick that guy Stewart was like, it, where he's he was. Dude, he was born 65 years old, that guy. <laughs> He's so fucking old. Uh, but somebody's transported off of the ship, and uh, even when like they try to get the cloak back on, but it's he's gone. And they're like confused because they're like uh, fucking like hundreds of light years from where they were before. Yeah. And Cisco's like, get that view screen back on, Mr. O'Brien, now! It's a- it's got a cool uh, Final Cut Pro bad oh, yeah. TV static effect. It full, it like fades in using the video toaster effect. <laughs> using those Winamp it plugins. The original USS Enterprise on the screen, and everybody on the ship jizzes at once. They come hard. They're like, oh my god, history, the past. Oh, oh James C. Kirk, the Enterprise. Squirt, 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 squirt. Oh, Jesus. And uh, with that, we'll take a quick jizzin' break, and we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Here are ghosts, there are ghosts, everywhere some scary ghosts. It's showtime, folks. Today, call for the real... Welcome back. Hopefully you'll buy that uh, Hot Wheels toy. Oh, Hot Wheels. Yo, did you see these Hot Wheels Star Wars cars? They got cars in Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, I I wish I could remember the tweet and who said it, but somebody posted a picture of one once and was like, my favorite part is when Yoda gets in his hot rod and tears ass around Dagobah. (laughs) 
Like, yeah, like what? What a like? Why would you? Whatever. They have the cars on Tatooine, the flying ones. Yeah, they got the the speeders. Speeders, yeah. But these are like cars. I I always say like, man, I would I would use a speeder bike if I was there, but like I could just use a motorcycle here, and I don't. So I guess I wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, but like I don't know. The speeder bikes are cooler than a motorcycle for sure, right? You can go over, like, anything. Yeah. You don't well, even need I, a road. I fucking love speeder bikes. It's my favorite vehicle in all of Star Trek. I used to, like, in to all keep of Star myself... Trek. <laughs> to keep myself sane on the many road trips I went on as a child, I would just, like, look out the window and pretend I was on a speeder bike. It was Sonic the Hedgehog for me. I pretended... You were Sonic? I pretended Sonic was running along and he would, like, jump on, like, on over the shit stuff. and, like, yeah. jump over signs and stuff. Yeah, what a cool little kid coping mechanism for horrible impatience. <laughs> Everybody Maybe. has something that they yeah. saw out the window running along beside them. Yep. It wasn't scary for some reason. Even though if something was running alongside my car now, I would be fucking terrified. He does it in the movie. Oh, Sanic does? Yeah, in the Sanic movie. He I... runs around next to car. He's doing all kinds of shit on a highway at one point. Damn, I never saw that Sanic movie. I I'll give it to you. Out. I have it. Okay. I mean, I'll loan it to you. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, uh, sure, sure. I didn't say this at the beginning of the episode, but this uh, episode was written by, like, five guys. The pizza place? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the hamburger place? Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been outside in three months. I don't know. Uh, the teleplay was by Ronald D. Moore and Renee Echivaria, and oh, the story yeah, was baby. by Ira Stephen Bear, Hans Beemler, and Robert Hewitt Wolf. Ronald D. Moore, baby. Uh, this was directed by Jonathan West, uh, a guy I went to high school with. Uh, is he a porn star name? Jonathan, I went to high school with a dude named Jonathan West, and the weird thing is he looks a lot like the guy in the photo. On is this. it him? Memory Alpha. It might be his dad. Oh, yeah, because this is, like, <laughs> when you were, like, seven. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be, it sucks he never told me, because I liked Star Trek. I don't know if Was he, he like, a Doogie Howser prodigy director? Was he, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was, show up he on was the negative set. 40 years old, and <laughs> he, was, he did a great job. Yeah. Uh, where were we fucking at? Okay, so... Uh, the Enterprise is in the view screen. Yes. And there's all kinds of, like, techno babble at this point. They're like, we gotta figure out a way to write ourselves into this episode. Yeah, but first off, like, um, Mulder and Scully are like, which Enterprise is it? There have been five. And the other one is like, well, now there are six. Six, yeah. Thanks, Troy. (laughs) <laughs> um, crashy crashy <laughs> uh, but it's the first enterprise constitution class ncc 1701 no bloody a b c or d no bloody a b c or d or e the end uh they they like sit back and discuss they're like it's his ship his ship yeah they're like oh no james kirk he's a menace yeah. 17 separate temporal violations. He has the biggest folder in the entire department. We look at it all the time and just shake our heads because that's all we can do. Because <laughs> he's super dead at this point. 
they're like, well, where, where was the Enterprise? What was it doing? And uh, it was orbiting space station K-7, 105 years, one month, and 12 days previous. A Friday. A Friday. <laughs> uh, they have a senior staff breed- briefing uh, where Worf and Odo are like, hey, somehow we know that Waddle's real name is Arn Darvin. Which yeah, is they figure that out a quite wild quickly. Klingon name. Arn Darvin. Better than Jeremy Waddle or whatever the fuck is it? Like, Bobby Waddle? I don't I'm, I'm Worf. This is uh, fucking Kodos and yeah, Kang. Yeah, Koloth, Kang. Here's Arn Darvin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was a Klingon surgically altered uh, to look human. And uh, Dax mentions that the surgeon did a great job, which I find, like, somebody should have, like, when they're like, oh, yeah, he got this surgery, like, a hundred years ago. Somebody should have been like, oh, shit, they did a great job. (laughs) Right? He looks, like, fucking incredible. And then somebody should have been like, did you see fucking Bones? That guy's a fucking mummy. (laughs) They couldn't fucking make him look like a human. He's a goddamn zombie. Um... (laughs) Darvin, Arn Darvin, Klingon. Arn Darvin. uh, He's on board Space Station K-7, posing as a Federation official. Sure. Um, Or he was. Well, his, yeah, there's two of them. There's 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 the younger Darvin and older Darvin. Yeah. And uh, the idea that young Darvin had to stop Federation colonists was poisoning a load of grain... Is this not the future? Sure. sure. <laughs> He's got a fucking Oregon trail, these motherfuckers, out of space. <laughs> he died of consumption. But uh, 18 hours in the future, Captain Kirk will expose Darvin and he'll be arrested. Yeah, and he'll be setting... Uh, that sets off the rest of this guy's shitty life, I yeah, guess, right? Well, um, the Klingon Central Intelligence turned their back on Darvin and he became an outcast and he spends 100 years... Eking out a meager living, they say, uh, pretending to be a human merchant. Yeah, he doesn't even go get his surgery back, I guess, which fucking sucks, huh? How much would that suck? Like, imagine, like, the planet where Riker got sexually molested, where he had to be one of the aliens, that they were just like, oh, yeah, we can't change you back. You're just a weird alien forever. I always, like, call that the Twilight Zone planet, because they look like that episode of the Twilight Zone where the, the woman is really pretty. Yeah, but, they all hate her because they like she's disgusting yeah. to them. She's disgusting, yeah. Because they're the a nurses bunch of look weird turtle whatever. monster people. Yeah, like I don't know how to describe them. Smush faces. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but like he was trapped on Cardassia because of the Klingon invasion, uh, pretending to be a human merchant still because that's all he can do. <laughs> he's probably terrible at it because he's Klingon. Like they're not yeah. merchants; they're fighters. Well, he's like underhanded as fuck. So. He's a weaselly. The actor who plays him is really weaselly and pretty pretty great at being like a like a conniving little like a bitch. What's the guy from a bitch? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Arn Darvin. Here's your John Larroquette fun fact of the week. Oh, Arn Darvin was played by Charlie Brill, who played uh, Arn Darvin in the TOS the, episode, the original one. Yeah, they uh, were at a pizza place. Near the studio. Five Guys. They were at a Five Guys. They were at a Five Guys pizza place. Um, Uh Like, Ronald D. Moore and, like, uh, all the three name people were at a pizza place. 
and they were discussing who they could bring back for an episode so that they could do and this. And Arn Darvin was working at the pizza place. Now he was eating pizza. Charlie Burrell was having pizza across the restaurant. No way. And like they they were like hesitant to go and talk to him about it because like, you know, there are like rules in place for like yeah, you acting can't just, and like yeah, hiring and guild. stuff. Yeah, there's a guild. It's it's nuts. But they the did guild. it anyway, and he was like fully on board, and they like hid the fact that that's how they found him for how like ages. How the fuck does that even happen? That's how I they mean, decided on this episode because he was there. Oh, okay. So they okay. All right. Well, that, that's cool as shit. I can't believe they met out of Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a upper class pizza establishment, like a Pizza Hut or something. <laughs> well, it was like '96, right? So it probably so was a Pizza. It probably hut. was actually. a sit down Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut was like on top of the goddamn world at that point. Ronald D. Moore was turning in his book it. He wanted that free personal <laughs> pan. Fuck, you're never too old for Book It, but No, Book It rules, buddy. Dude, remember Book It and remember uh, Book Fair? Did you have Book Fair at oh, school? Oh, yeah. Dude, Book oh. Fair was so exciting. Yo, Book Fair is the shit. And, like, the thing is, I wasn't the type of kid who was, like, insane about reading. Like, yeah, I like to neither. read a lot. But, like, Book Fair came along and I was, like, amped. It was great because, like, I don't know, my mom loved books, so she would just give me, like, money. She was like, here's, like, $50. Jesus. <laughs> She's like, I would always books. Like, I would always, like, save up my money. Because I've talked about this before, that, like, I lived in a neighborhood full of olds. The old, so, old heads. Uh, I would go around to the olds places and be like, hey, do you need your lawn cut? Do you need, uh, like, household chores done? You were pulling yourself up by your boob straps. I pulled my boob straps up. And uh, I would save my money and then uh, buy a video game, usually. But when <laughs> Fuck books. But when the book fair came around, I would save my money and I would get fucking, like, zoo books. Yeah, zoo books were sh- the shit, dude. I would, I would like, go in, because that's the only place you could get them besides TV, was yeah, at the book fair. At the book fair. They, they, yeah, because th- this is back before, now we're going to be old. This is back before you could just get shit. Like, yeah. there wasn't even really, like... Like there was no like bookstores, right? Like there were bookstores, but like not like uh, Barnes and Noble. Like there wasn't any of that. No, there were like local bookstores yeah. run by human beings. Who, yeah, they had limits of what they could get. Right, just if like you wanted a else. book, you'd have to tell them, and then they'd have to order it, and then yeah. the uh, the uh, Orient Express would have to deliver it, <laughs> and it would take like several months. Well, they didn't have, they couldn't get zoo books either unless they ordered it from TV. Yeah, they had to order it from the television. But like, I remember getting like Maniac McGee and like all the Judy oh, yeah. Bloom books and shit. I got um, I, that's the f- I got like the Rhino Zoo book, the zebra, <laughs> the giraffe, and the lion. I and got Fast Jets and Planes once, which was oh, just like a, a cool book of cool jets. The first copy I ever got of King Arthur's Tales, I got Ooh. from a book fair. God, that that's was a great. good book. I'm going to look up some of these books. I need to get them again. Hell yeah. For my sweet library. I'm <laughs> literally sitting in a library, basically. My office has like six or seven bookshelves in it full of books. What are you, like a read man? You got reading? Uh, I'm married to an English teacher, so... Oh, that's right. You're married for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> so, um... They got this this Klingon with this very Klingon name, Arn Darvin... 
uh-huh. and he's loose on K7 or maybe even the Enterprise, and he's out to kill Kirk, is what they yeah. come to the conclusion. They for. figure it out, because apparently everyone in the show is on this ship mission right now. Like, Odo's there for some reason. Yeah. Uh, even though he has I'm, nothing to do with the history of the Federation. Yeah, anyway, I don't before. know. Yeah, but everyone was just like all hands on deck for this episode because like there's no way they didn't oh, yeah. like this is the one you want to be in Kira right? doesn't get to go for some reason yeah yeah it's kind of weird like that like they had to leave uh, somebody in charge right <laughs> why not leave Worf in charge Worf has to go so they can have the joke about the Klingons foreheads oh that's right and he has to fight the Klingons in that yeah. fight scene I love that Worf and Odo just, like, dress like they're the same outfits. <laughs> <laughs> they dress like, dude, they, I love that, like, for, it's, like, just totally fine that Worf can just wear, like, a bandana on his head. Yeah, no it's one will fine. know. Yeah, he's fine. He doesn't look anything like the other Klingons of this era, so. No. <laughs> um, so they decide they're going to split up and half the team is going to go to K7 and the other half is going to head to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And Odo and Worf change into their uh, wrestling tag team outfit <laughs> that they wear together. The business um, brothers. Cisco, Dax, O'Brien, and Bashir change into Starfleet uniforms. And yeah. something that I don't really understand, I think maybe this is more for the viewer than it is for, like, in-universe. Yes, there's a bunch of that in this episode. Is that Dax, uh, like, shaves her spots off. <laughs> Yeah, she, like, like, has a spot remover. She talks about being involved with the Federation as Emony, so, like, there are Trill in the Federation already, so why did she do that? Maybe they're not a member yet, and maybe it would just be weird that they're not. Yeah, I guess it would bring attention to her regardless, Anything, Yeah, anything that brings attention would be one more thing that could get them caught, right? Yeah. Maybe it's that mentality. I do like that Cisco is like, uh, he's like, Captain, it looks good on you. And he's like, yeah. Lieutenant, actually. Uh, I didn't want to push my luck. I didn't yeah, want to push my smart. luck. And yeah. Bashir, who apparently has never fucking cracked a history book in his life. Yeah, so is he playing dumb here, right? Because, like, he's a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a, he's a doctor, not a historian, as he said. Yeah, they do the joke. Yeah, they do the... But yeah, he's like, you, O'Brien and Cisco are wearing the wrong colors. And mm-hmm. the colors were switched com- in Kirk's era compared to everything that came after. Yep. They explain that for the, the dummies at home. And Dax shows up in a miniskirt uniform. And she's like, and she- women wore less. And, and then Bashir's yeah. like, Ugh! <laughs> She fucking falls to the ground like the dean in Community. Look at her shadow! Even her shadow! (laughs) He turns into that wolf from the Looney Tunes and he's howling. Yeah, from the Droopy cartoons. We were just talking about Droopy. Um, (laughs) They they figure out that the the sensors on the Enterprise are dog shit garbage. And it's an old duotronic system, Jeff. It's every three seconds, which like... Yeah, which you think would have came up in Star so Trek at some point. What's hilarious is like, there's radar now that's like omnipresent radar. Yeah. Like, we have that shit. <laughs> like, I don't But know. apparently the <laughs> sensors just stop working every three, every, like every yeah. so often for three full fucking seconds. Yeah, it's a long time to not know what's in front of you. 
In a spaceship? Yeah. Worf and Odo, the Bash brothers, are sent to K7. <laughs> Uh-huh. And we find out that K7 is mostly also full of grain. So <laughs> it's not going to be as hard to search as the Enterprise. Yeah. Um, all of the people in Starfleet uniforms head over to the Enterprise with O'Brien and Bashir teaming up. It's so wacky and fun. And they have a great fucking wacky time. And Dax and Cisco team up. And Dax mostly just lusts after all the dudes on the ship while she's there. What a great, like like buddy adventure that they like this is like a, a really strong point of this episode is like the both of these starfleet teams are great oh yeah and like they, even dax and cisco are great like the wharf odo team up is underrated in my opinion yes. because odo just keeps taking the piss out of wharf over and over and it's hilarious <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, Cisco and Dax are a great team, and like everybody loves O'Brien and Bashir. That's like yeah. the undefeated duo in Star Trek history, I think. Yeah, they're so good. They're the only characters in all of Star Trek who are legitimate, actual friends who act like friends do. Yeah, uh, their their story is great. Like you think like O'Brien's gonna hate him, right? Because like Cause he does. To because he does. <laughs> but then they're just like like. It's like that fucking like '80s comedy shit where they're like, "Oh, we're friends now. We're yeah, just friends opposites now." Opposites become friends. Yeah, to the point where at a certain point, O'Brien says that he likes Bashir more than his wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> she's kind of mean. She has her moments. I like Keiko. <laughs> I do like right. the later in the episode, O'Brien's like, "I just, uh, I just lied to Kirk." I wish Keiko would have been here. Yeah, I wish Keiko could have seen it. I love that he doesn't know who he is. Like, what a great like sprinkle of realism in yeah, this like, otherwise how would you like know exactly what Kirk looks like. Yeah, like, like we like we know what he looks like because we're Star Trek fans and like we take that for granted as the viewer. But but O'Brien is like two hundred years removed from this, right? Like he he how would he fucking like if you saw George Washington, would you be like, is that George Washington? Like here's, here's another John Larroquette fun fact of the week for you, James Avery fun fact of the week mm-hmm. is uh, the guy that O'Brien thinks is Kirk is actually uh, Shatner's body double, his stunt double. Yeah, his stunt double. That's incredible. That's really clever. Um. So Bashir and O'Brien are in a turbo lift, and uh, they want to go to Deck 21, but they're just, like, yelling Deck 21 over and over. Dude, I fucking love this. It's so good. Like, they don't know how to use the the turbo lift. They're going to take the fucking panels apart to figure out what's (laughs) wrong with it. (laughs) They don't know how to use the the railings. But then uh, a sexy lady steps in. Yeah. Sort of nods to them, and she grabs one of the handles and says, Deck 15. And then then they grab one. Slowly, they grab one. (laughs) I won't tell anyone if you won't. (laughs) Oh, man. They're such a good comedy duo in this one. It's so clever to have them be the dinguses. Like, they don't know what's how to work shit. They're, you know. Uh, Bashir later has his own thing. Which is um, hilarious. Which is great, yeah. And then to have like Dax and Cisco kind of be like the competent ones yeah, who they're like the audience surrogate as yeah. well is the thing. Like Cisco has this like deep respect for the history or whatever. Yes. But Dax is like straight up fangirling the yes. whole time. Like in the next scene, she's like, I love the design of the twenty third century tricorders. Yep. yep. 
And, and, and Cisco's like, just, like, Dax, come on. Come on. Get the, <laughs> like, we got work to do. We got to focus. Yeah, this is a problem. <laughs> We're in a major problem right now. <laughs> uh, back on the space station, uh, Odo heads to the bar and starts to kind of scan or whatever. Um, and Chekhov and Uhura come into the bar. Oh, Uhura. Ugh. Looking good as hell. Oh, my goodness. Odo orders a rack to Gino because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, what, he doesn't even drink that shit. And the waitress is like, you're the second person that ordered that today. I've never even heard of it. And, yeah. and Odo goes detective mode, and he's like, well, who was it, and where did they go? He's, yeah, and she's like, I don't know. Some I'm guy. Just, I'm just, sir, I'm doing my job. I don't know. I gotta wear this goofy-ass 1960s, 2260s fucking titty dress. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we see from afar, from Odo's point of view, that Ohura gets the first Tribble from Cyrano Jones. Yeah, they really, this is where, like, the, the, uh, Forrest Gumping really hits, like, oh, yeah. you can see Odo in the background, and it's, it's, it's really good. It's pretty well done. It especially works when, like, the some of the characters are in the background and others are in the foreground. Like, yeah. it really works when it, it, it meshes well, and it... The only thing that I pick up on because I'm an editing idiot is the audio is different, and oh, like yeah. obviously it's going to be. But like they they haven't remastered DS9 yet. If if they're ever going to, I don't know. Uh, but uh, they're really putting it off. If they are, they they don't want to do it. I don't think because they don't something with the ships it's like the fight the ship scenes are too complicated to do they'd and have like, to like sounds like an excuse but yeah i think they'd have to like scan the ships again or something and they don't have them anymore or something i don't know the um another fun fact so this episode is chock fucking full of fun facts yeah um anytime there's a character in the background of a scene who's like touching a part of the set it's they recreated extra. that part of the set that's great and they recreated it using um, scans of models that were made for the original series that they still had. Yeah, this is like before Lucas was doing any of this. Like, uh, I, I was talking on the continue cast about um, how at Lucasfilm they scanned every prop they ever had into the computer, <laughs> like everything. Jesus, <laughs> so they could just reference it later, right? They could just pop That's like smart. Bring it up. That's smart as hell. But they, in Star Trek, they can't... They, this is 95, no. 96, right? They, so actually, that they had to do a lot of um, zooming in on episodes of TOS to, to figure make, out what things were. Man, what a hard... This must have taken a long time to make, this one. I think I read somewhere that this episode was three times over budget. I mean, but it's so good, though. Like It is. Although, like, I think Iris Stephen Bear said that he's, like, he loves this episode, but he's kind of upset that it's one of the most popular Deep Space Nine episodes. Why? It leans so heavily on nostalgia of TOS. Oh, yeah. But, like, that's okay to do every now and then. Yeah, it's okay to do it as a wink and a nod, not as a whole series. Right. Don't make your entire show it, or your movie series it. But, um, yeah. Uh, back on the Enterprise, um, Bashir is trying to scan to find uh, Arn Darvin. Arnie! And uh, O'Brien is trying to pretend to conduct repairs on, like, an open, uh, like, hole in the wall. 
Yeah, it's uh, but he doesn't pan- know what anything is because it would be like uh, an engineer now looking at a bunch of transistors. Yeah, it'd be like a computer scientist like uh, opening up like ENIAC and being like, "All yeah. right, what the <laughs> fuck is this?" Uh, yeah, where's the integrated circuits? Oh wait, <laughs> a uh, an- another engineer shows up and he's like, "What the fuck are you guys doing here?" Scotty told me here. to do this. This guy's great too. And That's, whoever uh, this actor is is great. Uh, his, his name is Charles Chun. He's really good. He looks really familiar. He does, right? He's been uh, in something. He's been in a lot of shit, actually. I want to say it's like... Oh, like, he's Dr. Wen from Scrubs. Scrubs, yes! Thank you! Yeah, Fuck yes! okay, that makes That's perfect exactly, sense. That's exactly what I was thinking, thank you. I was, I was like, why does he look so familiar? Because yes. I watched a shit ton of Scrubs. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about Scrubs. Yeah. Weird I was gonna say... He's coming around, huh? Yeah, it's really... We're having like a weird time travel moment. But he... <laughs> He comes in and he's like, yeah, Scotty told me to do it. And um, why is there a doctor here? <laughs> yeah. And Bashir's like, oh, he's like cracking under stress. And I'm here to do like a, a study, study on yeah. work-related stress. <laughs> yeah. And um, that doesn't answer his question, but he stops asking. <laughs> and, then, and what's great is he just like keeps scanning. He's like scanning the guy now. And yeah. It's fucking great. <laughs> and the guy just like just pretends he doesn't notice. He's like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like O'Brien's like, well, first off, we need to do this, and the like the whole deck's lights turn off. He's and like, he says, and, and by it. this, I mean leave it exactly where it is. <laughs> it's so clever to make O'Brien not know what he's doing. Like, it really is. He's so competent normally, right? And and to make him just be like totally fish out of water is is per- it's perfect. Bashir's like, we've seen. I've seen enough. You need to get back to sick bay. He's You've like, cracked yeah. under the pressure. Yeah, he's like, back to sick bay. And O'Brien <laughs> kind of leans into the other engineer and he's like, I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention this to anyone. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no problem. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Worf meets up with Odo and um, he, Worf is like, yeah, I was searching or whatever, but and then a sound happens and he's like, what is that noise? Yeah. And he holds, Odo holds up the triple and Worf is like, He's like, a triple. Disgusting. Ah, kill it. <laughs> With, like, it's really funny how deeply this connects to the the, ep- the rest of the episode. Yeah. But, like, they don't even touch on it in this episode. How deeply it, t- it like, connects to um, the trials, the original triple episode. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really even touch on it. They just leave it for you to know if you know. Yeah. Why Klingons hate Tribbles so yep. much. And he explains, like, because they're, like, an ecological menace. <laughs> like, they eat off everything. Uh, Worf sits down, and Odo is like, uh, what's your problem? <laughs> Worf explains, like, yeah, there's, like, um, they're detestable creatures that um, if they're, a Tribble eats more than a small morsel, it will immediately reproduce. It's their enemies of the Empire, man. Mortal enemies of the yeah, Klingon mortal. Empire. They, like, obliterate the Tribble planet. They're, like, and fucking raise it to the ground, dude. Odo starts fucking laughing at him, and he's like, yeah. oh, the great Klingon Empire. <laughs> Take it to its knees by this. <laughs> like, it's true, though, man. They find out later. 
And he's like, Worf is like, yeah, we uh, obliterated them. And Odo's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just so fucking cute. He's like, yeah, we destroyed the Tribble home world. The Klingon armada obliterated it. <laughs> I love that. Odo's like, another glorious chapter in Klingon history. <laughs> Do they still sing songs of the great Tribble hunt? <laughs> Dude, Odo's lucky he is who he is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Worf would fucking demolish him, dude. Uh, the station immediately goes into red alert, though. And it happens on the Enterprise as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody rushes to their battle stations, and uh, Cisco is like, well, let's go back to the Defiant. We should do the same. And um, Cisco tries to tap the insignia on his shirt yeah. to call the Defiant. Yeah, this is great. And he's like, oh, wait. And, and he, he does like a, like, he's like, oh, he like snaps his fingers. He's like, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> this episode is so fucking fun, everybody. It's, it's fun. It's so goofy, but it's like the perfect amount of goofy and still good. You know, like it's oh, yeah. not, it's like really nostalgic for Star Trek fans. And like, it is kind of like nostalgic candy, but like also like there's a story going on that's different and it, it just it, it it straddles that line perfectly i think oh yeah and like nostalgia candy isn't bad it's like real candy as long as it's not all right. you're eating it's right it fine. can't be the, your whole food source exactly but a klingon d7 class battle cruiser has appeared and it's headed towards the station and that they haven't raised weapons yet my favorite part is <laughs> yeah, my favorite part is when Cisco is like, "Kira, uh, did they did they uh, power up their weapons?" And she's like, "Hold on," and she like looks and she's like, "No." <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot Kira was on the Defiant. On the Defiant, she's they just don't like, leave anybody in charge at the space at the station, do they? No, they're just she's just bored. She's like, "Nah, they're not not yet." <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> But Dax Why didn't is I like, get to oh, go? that's Koloth's ship. He's not yeah. here to attack. He's here for shore leave. Right. Dax is kind of a, a a clever way to inject the Star Wars lore into this episode, right? Because like, yeah, absolutely. How who would know any of this? Nobody would, right? Nobody, even the the greatest historians on Earth, don't know like what Abraham Lincoln was doing, like, three days. Like, they don't know exactly what he was doing, right? No, like not at all. Like, so who who would know that? But Dax, like, as Curzon and other characters, gets to be kind of like that medium or that bridge to, like, what happened in this time period. It's, 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 it's super cleverly smart. done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, she does mention that, like, Koloth never faced Kirk in battle, so this can't be a battle. Yeah, and he regrets it. He wanted to face him. Um, Dax is like, oh, two people just uh, beamed to Station K-7. I think one of them is Koloth. Can we beam over there? Yeah, she wants to go talk to him. Siska's like, no, we're trying to keep a low profile. Yeah, it wouldn't... She's like, well, it's not as if he would recognize me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, also, like, why is this Starfleet lady talking to this guy, right? Yeah, exactly. It'd be weird. Dax is like it would have been fun and Cisco's like it would have been too much fun (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bashir and O'Brien head to the station instead 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out the Klingons do only want shore leave, and Kirk has allowed them to beam over in small groups. So right. Red Alert is over, and everybody starts searching for Orndorvin again. Yeah, go back to the search. I love... Uh, this is when uh, Bashir and um, O'Brien go into the the cafeteria or whatever it is, bar, whatever, and they're like, and they're like, oh, well, we've been searching around the whole fucking station, <laughs> and all we had to do was sit in the damn bar all day. It's really fucking funny. And they're like, <laughs> it's fucking, dude, everyone's just like taking the piss out of everyone. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking so fun. Speaking of taking the piss, we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Prepare for an unforgettable hour of television. God, that's him. Oh, Kirk. An historic encounter between two legendary crews. He's so much more handsome in person. Together in one of Star Trek's most beloved adventures. They are detestable creatures. This. Celebrate an extraordinary event you'll have to see to believe. Too much fun. Next time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Welcome back, everybody. We're back from taking our huge pisses. Taking big old pisses. I took seven pisses. Jeez, jeez. It's like the the fish thing. Seven fishes, right? What? At Christmas time, I think Italians eat seven fishes. Or something. What? (laughs) They eat like a bunch of fish dishes. I don't know. I'm not Italian. We're filthy Irish folk. I yeah, don't know. We have like the festival cabbage. of potatoes. Hey, I, I learned know. recently the origin of corned beef and cabbage. You, you want to know? Uh, poor people will eat anything. Uh, corned beef and cabbage <laughs> is great, number one. Uh, cabbage? Mm, I love cabbage. It's, uh, <laughs> number two, uh, it's actually bacon and cabbage in Ireland. They've never, uh, they've never eaten corned beef and cabbage once over there. That's not a thing. Why not? It's bacon and cabbage. It became What's their deal. When Irish people came to America, they ended up in cities with a lot of Jewish uh-huh. delis in them, oh, and you can't get bacon beef. at a Jewish deli. That makes sense. So yeah. uh, they started getting corned beef instead. That's why corned beef and cabbage is only an Irish American thing. You gotta love America, man. It's so For like that melting reason. pot. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so that's your Jeff Pennington not. About this episode, fun fact of the week. How delicious. How sexual. <laughs> um, so, O'Brien and Bashir, uh, they um, uh, need to duck into a turbo lift to get off the Enterprise. They need to be beamed over to uh, K7. Oh, I but forgot about this whole part. The the sexy lady's back. And yeah. um, she's like, your flap is open. This is great. And they're like, what? And she says, yeah, on your tricorder, you're draining power. <laughs> and so he closes it. He's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the tip. And, and O'Brien's like, like, he does this all the time. He's always doing that. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And then she's like, uh, are you a doctor? And he's, she's, he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. I just got transferred from the Lexington. And uh, O'Brien's like, oh, well, welcome aboard. Like trying to flirt. And yeah, he's flirting. She doesn't even look at him. She's like looking at Bashir, and she's like, "Hey, 
I'll be in sick bay tomorrow fi- for, for my, my physical. Fifteen hundred hours. And she walks and she, out. Oh my god. O'Brien. And she says her name, Lieutenant Watley. Watley, yeah. And O'Brien's like, uh, she's just using you to get to me. I hope you know that. <laughs> but she was like, my great-grandmother's last name was Watley. Yeah. Could that be Uh-oh. her? And O'Brien's like, it's a n- fairly normal name. Yeah, he's like, it's pretty normal. The yeah. odds of that happening are astronomically small. And But she was like, nobody ever met my great-grandfather. <laughs> He's Fry. <laughs> Am I supposed to be my great-grandfather? I did do the nasty and the pasty. And O'Brien's like, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. Yeah. What are you talking about? O'Brien's like, you're fucking crazy. And he's like, but if I don't meet with Watley, I might never be born. And O'Brien smiles. He's O'Brien's like, like, and oh, Kira's God. like, uh, Chief, are you ready for transport? And he's like, are we ever? Are we ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Just wait until we get back to Deep Space Nine and you find out I was never born. And O'Brien <laughs> smirks a big ass he's smirk. It's so good. It's so good, dude. Uh, back on the, uh, the Enterprise, Sue and Dax are like working, fake working on a panel. And Dax sees Kirk and Spock... Uh, talking on an intercom. Yeah. And they kind of, like, stare at them, like, oh, my God, it's Kirk and Spock. Yeah, there they are. They're, like, eavesdropping. And she's like, wow, I can't believe uh, how much more handsome he is in purpose, in person. Yeah. And Cisco's like, oh, well, Kirk had a reputation for being a ladies' man. She's like, I don't mean Kirk, I mean Spock. Look at those yeah, eyes. Those eyes. And, and Cisco's just like... <sighs> So I should have gone like with O'Brien. Clean up on aisle seven. <laughs> yeah, sploosh. Um, well, she gets to fuck his son now. Uh, Spock's son? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. She's dating, or at least that I heard, yeah, is either I, engaged to him or married to him I or think something. She's married to. Yeah. Um, I don't know his son's name. I don't name. know his name. Yeah. I don't either. I should know it, but I don't. Something Nimoy. Yeah. So. Um, She's got a type, Vulcan. Yeah. she got Just a type, like Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they talk about that? Like, remember that time you, like, hit on my dad in a uh, show? <laughs> probably not. I think that's not a healthy thing to bring up for I probably would bring it up. In, like, the I'd bring it up at parties. You remember <laughs> when my, my whore wife hit on my dad in a TV show? <laughs> And uh, Dax is, like, sort of incredulous that Cisco is, like, keeping his cool. Like, this is the most famous captain, one of the yeah. most famous captains in Starfleet history. And Cisco's like, you know what? It would be cool to meet Kirk and shake his hand. Yeah. Basically, it's the farthest thing from yeah. my mind right now. Ask him about I... fighting the Gorn on Cestus Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's not why we're here. And Dax is like, well, I, I guess it's that way for you, but, like, I was alive during this period, and I remember it, so I just want to be a part of it again. <laughs> oh, here's another fun fact. Uh, Dax and Cisco's actors had not seen the set until the first time they walk out of the turbo That's doors. great. So they actually have a legit reaction to how it looks. Yeah, that set that they build that when they first walk in in the beginning is is great, and there's just tons of people like extras walking around. It's really cool. It looks amazing. It's like the Goonies. They did it with the Goonies, right? They didn't show the kids the boat until oh yeah they were in the water. 
They do that a lot in movies yeah. and stuff. It's a it's a cool way to like get a genuine reaction. It's like um Kubrick didn't tell his lead actress about the real skeletons in the, yeah. in the, the grotto that he threw her in. Apparently that's like a thing that they would do a lot in movies is use real skeletons. Jesus. Like, I guess it, they it was were cheap easier. at the time. It was easier than making, like, who the fuck is going to make a realistic looking skeleton, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's not like it was the prop people's job to do that or anything. But yeah, well, they got the real ones. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is when whatever. O'Brien and Bashir uh, walk into the bar on K7, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we should have just been sitting in a bar this whole time. Yeah, this is waiting that Waiting for them to yeah. come to us. Oh, look who's working hard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, we have reason to believe that he'll return. And Bashir's like, oh, the almighty Ractagino hand, the clue others would have overlooked. <laughs> it's brutal, they're man. really just shitting on him. It's brutal. Uh, but Chekhov, Scotty, and not Kirk enter yeah. the bar as well. And O'Brien's like, wow, it's Kirk. <laughs> And, and Bashir's like, I think that's Nurk. Not yeah, I think Kirk. that's Nurk from history books. Not a Burke. It's not Burke. I would know no, Burke. It's not Burke or Gurk. <laughs> so it's gotta be Nurk. <laughs> and O'Brien's like, let's get him a drink. And Odo's like, are you out of your fucking mind? He's like, no one's buying anyone a drink. The waitress comes up and she's like, uh... What do you guys want? And don't say Ractagino. I don't want to ever hear about a Ractagino ever again. And she's like, who ordered a Ractagino? And she's like, all oh, those Klingons over there. And yeah, like, like, the Klingons? Klingons? And she's like, all right, you boys have had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Worf, what the hell is up with those Klingons? Yeah, they do not look like Klingons. And then they do, like, like Bashir and, and O'Brien do, like, a, what is it, like, a genetic mutation or, like, a viral mutation? Yeah. Which is, like, the way they retcon it away later is it's, exactly that. It's also, like, the biggest fan, like, theories at the time were yeah. those two exact things. Yeah. So it's like a little wink nudge to the f- big fans. To the fan, to the dorks. And Klingon and Worf is like, oh, it's a long story or whatever. And they start guessing. We do guessing, not talk about like, it. We do not discuss it with outsiders. It's, it's a good hand wave away, right? Like, don't worry about it. Uh, a Klingon who is apparently named Korax, if you watch the original episode. Uh-huh. Uh, I've forgotten that. I didn't know what his name was either. He's like, Kirk got a small dick, I bet. Ha ha ha. Yeah. His dick tastes like garbage. Yeah, got him. And then they're like, what? O'Brien's like, oh, look at Kirk. He's just ignoring him. He's letting his security officer take care of it. Right. Which Chekhov is not the security officer. Yeah, neither is Scotty. Yeah. And um, Bashir's like, I don't think that's Kirk. He's wearing lieutenant stripes. <laughs> and Bashir's like, O'Brien's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, because like, they're like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, no, he's wrong. Oh, dumbass. <laughs> um, but Korax is like, oh, the Enterprise is, it should be hauling garbage. And Scotty's like, don't you yeah. want to rephrase that? Yep. And he's like, yeah, it shouldn't be hauling garbage. It should be hauled away as garbage. <laughs> 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 
And then the fight breaks the yeah. fuck out. Scotty stands up and punches him right in the fucking face. Yep, and then it's just a classic brouhaha. It's a big old kerfuffle. It's a whole shenanigans. And Bashir, O'Brien, and Worf stand up and start beating the shit out of people, too. They just start punching it, and, and Odo's like, what the fuck? Uh, but then Darvin, Arn Darvin, walks in, and uh, Odo, like... Uh, throws a Klingon off of Worf, like, stop fighting, idiot! That's yeah, why we're look here. At, look over here, yeah. And, the, and yep. so Worf and Odo chase after Darvin, and O'Brien and Bashir get, like, thro- like arrested by security officers. They get, they get busted, man. Yep. And they both look at the camera and go, uh, oh! <laughs> uh... And Cisco's back in the present in Cisco's office. The investigators are like, they didn't have to get involved in that fight. Yeah, that's clearly against regulations. Yeah, it's like yeah. Cisco's like, look, they made a mistake, but it didn't alter history. And they're right. like, how in the hell could you possibly know we're not in an alternate timeline? And they're like, we, he's like, we would have known as soon as we got back, right? They're like, ah, uh, why does everyone say that? It could be slightly different, though, right? Like, like the it's book true. The Fold, where like they keep going through the the Albuquerque Gate, which is like a wormhole, and they keep coming back. But like in the book, it turns out they keep coming back to a different universe because there's infinite universes. Oh yeah, that's so cool. like. So some of them remember things differently, like kind of like a like a Bernstein Bears Mandela effect, sorta. Yeah. And they talk about Star Trek, and they're like, the the two like fall in love, and like in the beginning of the book they hate each other, but at the end of the book they love each other, and it's because they're two different people. She, oh the, shit! The lady's a different person than the one he met in the beginning. Spoilers, but awesome. And they talk about Star Trek, and they're like, he's like, are you talking about Star Trek? And she's like. What the fuck is Star Trek? Don't you mean Space Command? And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> like, I don't want to watch Space Command. That's <laughs> shitty. And, the, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I can't believe. He's like, I can't believe like this. This is different. Like, it's it's just, dude, it's crazy. What were we talking about? I forget. Star Trek. We were talking about Space Command. <laughs> space Command. Welcome back to M Class Space Command. Uh, welcome back to M Command Class <laughs> Pod. Pod, Pod speak. <laughs> uh, they, they're not taken to the brig, though. They're taken to a lineup where Kirk questions them about what happened. I think this is the best use of this technology. It is. is this scene. Because Kirk walks up and he asks O'Brien who started the fight. And O'Brien's like, I don't know. I don't know, sir. <laughs> yeah, he threw the first punch, yeah. Chekhov doesn't know either. And Kirk's he like, laughs. All right, everyone's <laughs> confined to quarters until we find out who started it. Also, like, there's a great thing where like he asks O'Brien... And O'Brien says he doesn't know. And he walks to Chekhov and he says, Chekhov, I know you. Yeah. Which is perfect, because he wouldn't know who the fuck O'Brien is. Yeah, it. they they edit the fuck out of it. Like, this is such a clever editing and storytelling at this scene. You're right. I didn't even rec- I didn't realize that. Like, oh, I know you. Like, because so he doesn't know who O'Brien smart. is. And O'Brien and Bashir just take off after they get confined to quarters. And O'Brien's like, oh, Kirk asked me about the fight. And O'Brien's like, yeah. and you lied to him. And he's like, yeah, I did. I wish <laughs> Keiko would have been here. It's like my favorite moment in the episode. He lied to like one of the most legendary figures in Federation God, history. I lied to Abraham Lincoln. Right. I wish that, I wish that Crystal was here <laughs> to see me lie to a forefather. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Odo and Worf have captured Orndorvin. Yeah, and he's giving away the plan like a super twisty mustache villain. And Darwin's like, you wouldn't dare put one of the greatest heroes of the Klingon Empire in the brig. <laughs> and Worf's like, you're no hero to the Empire. And he's like, soon I will be one. <laughs> and he's like, I think my statue will look good in the Hall of Heroes. He's like, I want Kirk's head in one hand and a dead Tribble in the other. What an idiot. Like, they would have never known. Yeah, put, exactly. What a fucking... I guess he... I don't know. What an idiot. He says Kirk's death will have poetic justice to it. Yep. So it's a Tribble. Yeah, they figure out that... Um, I guess they, they fucking waterboard him, and he says that he planted a bomb <laughs> in a Tribble. Yeah, they because it happens really quick. Sodium pentothal, they just give them truth serum. Uh, apparently, as we know, as the audience in the original timeline, Kirk noticed how a Tribble reacted to young right. Darvin and figured out he was. And he asks Bones to scan him, and it turns out he's a Klingon. Right. And uh, Darvin's like, I'm not going to tell you which Tribble the bomb is in, but it's a Tribble. But it's a Tribble. Oh shit! Oh no! Shit! I guess he's playing the odds, right? Yeah, I mean there's there are... one million seven hundred and sixty-five thousand two hundred and twelve or something. Shit! If you're right, that's amazing. It's close to that. It's something close. Uh, Cisco orders everybody to K seven to search for the bomb, but uh, Worf remains on the defiant because he also hates tribbles. <laughs> he's like allergic <laughs> he's a... to them. It's right. He's allergic. <laughs> What a poor wharf, dude. They have to manually scan every Tribble on the station. And that's yeah, when O'Brien's like, there must be thousands. Yep. And Dax I mean, mentions it is 1,771,561. That's what it is. That was extremely close. Though. I was close, yeah. Starting with one Tribble producing an average litter of 10 every 12 hours 12 over hours, a period of three, three days. days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Cisco's like, look, you have your orders. <laughs> Shuts the like, channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, they, they go to the bridge of the Enterprise to use the um, Enterprise's internal scanners, since it'll take super no time at all. Because they them. needed to go to the bridge, of course. And Kirk the- sits on a triple. Yep, he does the yep. And he looks over at Dax, who smiles and shrugs, and Kirk like shrugs himself and calls <laughs> Dr. McCoy to the bridge. <laughs> um Cisco scans the bridge, no explosive tribbles. Nope. Dax is like, I thought Kirk was gonna sit on that one and it would explode. That was gonna blow up, yeah. Uh, Bones comes to the bridge and he's like, uh he's having a little chat with Kirk, and Dax is like, who McCoy. She's like, oh, it's Leonard McCoy from Ole Miss. I fucked that guy. <laughs> I was when I was Emony, a gymnast. Yeah. I found out that he has the hands of a surgeon. He fingered my my bee hole real good. That's what she it was said. Which is crazy. Surgical is what it was. <laughs> and Cisco's like, look, can you stop telling me about all the times you fucked? Like, yeah. cool and everything, but we're on a mission. Yeah, also, like, he fucked her. Remember that? Not that version, no, but he but fucked like the a different version. version. Like, uh, he, I guess he just never tells her about that. That's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Uh, back on K7, they're in the bar again, because, again, they only got the one set. Yep. 
and uh, they they figure out through the internal scanners that it can't be on the Enterprise, so it has to be on K seven. Yeah, so they try to. This is when I think Dax is like, well, we could maybe narrow it down. Like, where is Kirk going to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that Dar Arn Darvin knows that information because he remembers it. I, I think guess. you mispronounced his name. Arn Dar Arn Darvin. Arn Darvin. Arn Darvin. Arn Darvin. Uh, Got it. Nailed it. They do know that Cisco, uh, that uh, Kirk and Spock are going to be in the recreation room. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, left and left and waits. Kirk orders a chicky Sam and some coffee. <laughs> Disgusting. And there, are, what a weird fucking combo, right? That's like a 1960s ass lunch. Like, it is. Like I'm gonna have a chicken sandwich, a coffee, and a Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You're yeah. right. Better make it three Manhattans. Uh, but there are tribbles in all the food slots. <laughs> he's like, I want these damn things. I want these damn tribbles off this damn plane. Damn it. <laughs> I want them off the ship. Uh, Scotty comes in. He's just holding like a fucking pile of tribbles. He's like, they're in all the machinery. He's like, they got into the machinery, sir. And the storage compartments, Kirk says. Yeah. Hint, hint. And Cisco's like, wait, 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 that's perfect. At this point, it's like a MMO. It's like a quest, right? It's yeah. like, oh, the clues for the RPG are lining up. Yeah. Uh, Cisco uh, gets into the, like, Cisco and Dax get into, like, the grain silo. And they figure out that most of the tribbles are dead because the grain was poisoned. They poisoned the grain, yeah. There's tricobalt signature yeah. somewhere, so the bomb is in there. It turns out you can't eat the rocks that are at the bottom of an aquarium. That'll kill you. Yeah. I mean, we all had to find that out the hard way, am yeah. I right? We, we, remember the time you and I gorged ourselves on aquarium rocks? It was it's bad. True. And then we uh, immediately reproduced... Yeah, I was fine because I have a gizzard, and eating rocks is part of having a gizzard. So. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know you were talking about your gizzard today. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's gizzard talk. Uh, the hatch opens, and Kirk gets uh, rained on by Tribbles. Yep. And this is another great, great edit. Like, edit thing yep. where like they're yep. scanning the Tribbles and throwing them out because in they're, the original yep. one Tribble at a time keeps falling Falls out and it hits scene. them. Yep. It's, it's really good. Like that's clever as fuck. Like whoever thought of that is a genius. Like a legitimate genius. It's also really funny that Spock comes up with the same exact numerical yep. figure that Dax did and he yep. says it in the exact same way. Dude. This is like a Trek trivia nerd's like wet dream episode. It really is. Uh, Cisco finds the bomb tribble. He's like, uh, I found it. <laughs> very much like a bomb chew from Zelda. <laughs> Remember and that? He has them. Uh, he places his tricorder underneath it, and then they beam his tricorder into space, where it explodes, and no sensor on anything picks it up. It's a horrific tribble death. Like yeah. you can see the fur, like. That Tribble was already dead, but, like, they mutilate the shit out of that Tribble. It's true. It's like that video of the whale on the beach when they blow up that whale. It's the same thing. That Tribble will never be able to rest well in Tribble Valhalla. Well, he didn't die in, in I don't know, maybe, it, it maybe that's the equivalent of... didn't die warrior's death against the Klingons. Maybe that's what gets you into Triple Valhalla, is just eating yourself to death. God, that's how I hope to go to Valhalla. Oh, yeah. And then you get to eat more and fuck and fight. It's great. 
Kirk's like, uh, let's get these out of here and close that damn door. Yep, because they keep falling off. And back in the mm. present, Cisco's like, yeah, after the bomb exploded, history just it continued like the way it was supposed totally to. Totally normal. Don't don't look anywhere else. McCoy <laughs> McCoy figured out using his tricorder that Arn Darvin was a Klingon. Mm-hmm. And Arn Darvin was uh, you know, thrown out of the Klingon Empire for being a bitch. Yep. And now the present day Arn Darvin's gonna go to jail for being a bitch and having a shitty name. And uh, Kira used the Jackie Chan talisman orb to use the superpower of time travel to return them back to the present. <laughs> I love how they're like, Kira, figure out how to use this shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? In the future, being like, you're this race, you should be good at this. <laughs> yeah, apparently you know. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're white. How do you cook these navy beans? <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, true, 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 true. The white person bean. You're white, like, how much mayonnaise do I need to put in this? <laughs> if you're asking my family, it's a fuck ton. <laughs> Yo, my family fucking loves mayonnaise, it's disgusting. I don't, I like mayonnaise fine, but maybe yeah, white mayonnaise, people go overboard as yeah. fuck with Mayonnaise is good, right, but like, I don't need like my sandwich to be a fucking mayonnaise sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the guys from temporal offices or whatever like and that's when you came home right and he's like no he does the earful thing not again quite. not quite yeah this is really cool I really and do like this Cisco goes to the Enterprise's bridge to bring the duty roster to Kirk yep. and Cisco says you know I I just got assigned here for a short term and uh I'm I'm leaving now, but I just wanted to let you know it has been an honor serving with you. And Kirk smiles and nods, and he says, yep. "All right, Lieutenant, carry on." Yep, it's so good. And it's really good. Spock and Uhura watch him walk away. He gets everybody staring at his ass on the way out. Yeah, because they're like, "Damn, that's that Avery Brooks dump." This lo- <laughs> this lieutenant got cheeks. He's- <laughs> Uh, Cisco is like, if you want to put a reprimand in my file for that, then you can go ahead. It's worth it. Yeah, and the one Luxley is like, well, you know, probably. And the other guy's like, I think we're good here. Yeah, I think you won't have to worry about it. You'll get the full report in a month, but I don't think you need to worry about it. Which is like an insane amount of time for a report to come back. (laughs) Right? Like... It's so, it's so bureaucratic, right? It's like, holy shit, a month? Like, how many time travel incidents are going on at one yeah, moment in the Federation? No doubt. Well, I mean, probably a lot, right? I mean, that would suck. <laughs> that would be fucking terrifying. It really would. I would last a do week. put a reprimand in their file. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they? Yeah. Like, uh, time traveled once. Oh, okay. Uh, they right? time traveled <laughs> back in history and let's, like, fucking murdered Hitler a little <laughs> bit early, and now history's changed forever. Here's a demerit. <laughs> yeah. You get your 48 hour pass taken away. Don't get but to go to Quark's. Kira's like, yeah, there's something you need to see on the promenade. <laughs> and Odo's like, did you tell the investigators? And this guy's like, they didn't ask. Yeah, and it's just fucking, you get a Quark, you get Quark with the triple on his head, which is yeah. great. It's just the whole promenade is absolutely full of tribbles. Everyone's patting them and walking over them and shit. Which is like... The repercussions of this episode should have, like, spiraled out of control throughout the universe, because this is, like, 
like time traveling and bringing Metroids back to life. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like that bad. I was thinking it's more like uh like thank god they're on a space station, like they can just kill them, right? Like That's true, but like space stations get ships in and out and like Yeah, they'd have to quarantine. You can cut it off, but like how do you know they haven't already gotten on a ship? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. There's no way. And there's so know. many people on there. How do you know somebody isn't, like, keeping one because they love like, it? L- yeah, little kids or, yeah, or yeah. Quark. Or Odo. <laughs> Odo, Odo just seems keeps, to love them. He keeps saving them and they keep fucking reinfecting the state, <laughs> reinfesting the station. I like that apparently triples reproduce by budding, just asexually. They don't... Yeah, they just- Pop more trouble. They're like gremlins. They seem to be born pregnant. Someone says. I think bones. Yeah, he's like, which seems really like, helps the process. It's a time saver. This episode <laughs> is so much fucking fun. Yeah, this episode rules. I I always forget how fun it is, and then I watch it again, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is like the perfect mix of nostalgia and just really, really clever editing and storytelling, like. Oh yeah, the editing, ma- the the editing like match cuts that they do are brilliant. Like as an editor, I'm like in awe of how smart oh, that yeah. is. MVPs of this episode by far are yeah. the editors. Yep, and even the writers who like wrote that. I mean, that those were written in, right? The edits oh, yeah. were written in. Absolutely. And like, I don't know when somebody says like you know it's just pure fun. There, yeah. There's not. Not everything has to have a ton of substance. Sometimes it can just be pure dumb fun. Well, especially this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Not like Adam Sandler movies and shit. <laughs> like this is pure dumb fun. Yeah. Adam Sandler movies are garbage. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was gonna say, is Adam Sandler gonna do Star Trek? Is oh my gonna, god, don't say that. You'll manifest it. Is he gonna be the new uh, Harry Mudd in Star Trek Lower Decks? The, uh... Wabbidi-woo! I'm Dwight Harry from Mudd! The office was Harry Mudd. I always get him confused with, uh... What's his name from Superman Return? Superman 2. Zod. What the fuck is that guy's name? You you mistake Zod from Superman two with Dwight from the Office. The new the new Zod the new guy the guy who plays oh, the new Zod Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Man of Steel. Zod. Oh yeah. What is his name? Fucking shit. I don't know. We do have the internet. I can't type. It's too loud. <laughs> oh, I'll do it for you. <laughs> Zod gonna... actor Man of Steel. People are screaming at me His right now. His name is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon and, and Dwight from The Office. I confuse the two of them all the time. That's wild to me. <laughs> two white guys, dude. They're just like the same white guy. I don't know. I don't know about all that. There are They're plenty the of guy. white guys who are the same white guy. <laughs> Those two guys confuse the shit out of me. Like there, There's like a legion of white dudes with like short black hair. Who just look like the same guy. <laughs> like Army Hammer is one of them. He doesn't have black hair. He's got blonde hair. He's he's got like brownish hair or whatever. It doesn't matter. Do you confuse Army Hammer and uh, the Witcher? What's his name? Superman. Superman? No, I do not. They're similar. Better. They're similar looking. They're kind of like the same type of attractive. I guess. Uh. No. All I care about is watching the Witcher's dick float in that tub. <laughs> <laughs> it floats. 
It's so big. It's buoyant. It's just like its own. It's getting its own Netflix show. I hear. That's that's how you know if you have a real big dick when it like displaces enough water to be buoyant. You know, you got a big. Yeah. You got a you got a hog, dude. That's a hog. That's the medical term. I uh, I'm I'm happy for Geralt and his hog. They have a figure of him in his tub, and I was like, maybe I'll buy that. <laughs> can you see his big old wiener in it? No, it's like covered up, but like you can imagine he has it. That's true. I can do that without spending forty dollars too. It's like so. ninety dollars. Jesus Christ! It's actually not that bad. It's a sideshow, so it's they're crazy expensive. I saw like there was an older. It wasn't great or whatever, but I like uh, what was it called in America? Battle of the Planets. I don't know that. Uh, it's Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man. Okay. Ah, uh, fuck. G Force maybe it was called in America. Science. They have like the bird helmets. They have like the visors shaped like beaks. Yes, I've, I yes, I do know what this is. I fucking yes. love that series. Yeah, and they had an action figure of the main guy, Ken the Eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I looked it up, and it is one thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a rogue uh, figure that goes for like thirteen hundred dollars, and I'm like, I want this, but I'm also not fucking crazy. Like, like you can tell. It gotcha, man. Like who's who the favorite characters are? Yeah, because like Ken the Eagle is like nine nineteen thousand dollars or whatever or nineteen hundred dollars, and the like bad boy on the team, whose name is escaping me right now, is like a little bit more. Bad but eagle. Uh, June the Swan, the girl with yeah. the mini skirt, is like four thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> Those are they're su- they're super cool though. Yeah, those designs for that show are fucking amazing. Yeah, the, and getting that getting into that is a, a serious problem. Yeah, I mean those action figures are actually really shitty too. So I didn't really the, um, want them. The Picard sideshow is is dope, and that's not too expensive. I don't think it looks like Picard. It doesn't look. It looks kind of like it looks like enough like him. Yeah, there is that. But, but it's I mean, cheaper because it doesn't come with a bunch. Like, usually they come with, like, crazy hands and fucking oh, yeah. st- all this crazy shit, right? Well, you look at, like, the thing about the Picard figure not looking much like Patrick Stewart that bugs me is, like, look at the Hot Toys action figures yeah. that look like a photograph of the actor. <laughs> I watch a bunch of Hot Toys and Sideshow, like, uh, painting tutorials that they, they have, like, shows on Instagram that are, like, 20 minutes long. And those painters are like fucking artists. Like they're ridiculous, dude. Oh yeah, how they make like them look like that. Pours into this shit. Yeah, the one guy was like, he was doing like, a, he's like, and I know a little bit about it because my uncle uses airbrushes and paints models. He's like, yeah, we're gonna turn the pressure down low and get a little speckling. And I was like, oh, for the face. And he did it on the face to make like it look like you know everyone has red in their like blood in their face, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. And I was like, oh my god, that looks so good. So cool. It's insane what they can do. I went to NECA once with Luke. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. That sounds cool (laughs) as fuck. And it was just, it was just art. Like, they're just in there making figures and they're like, what do you want? I was like, uh, what do you mean? And I didn't want to be like, I I, like kick myself because I was being very polite, uh, but they're like, what do you want? (laughs) Giving giving you something? Yeah, they gave me, I got a Darth Maul and I got a Robocop. The Robocop figure that we have, I got that there. Ah, fuck. 
but they Luke was like, oh, you know, like I could see him, like his eye was twitching. He's like trying to <laughs> trying to play it cool. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever you got. <laughs> I just think of like Chris Evans doesn't have like the most distinctive face in the world. Yeah. He's an extremely handsome guy, but in a very sort of like generic handsome plain, man way. Plain, plain handsome, yeah. And his action figure from Hot Toys looks exactly the fuck like him somehow. I guess they scan their faces. I don't really know how they do well, that. It's like, but. This happens all the time with like... Because, I mean, you follow one of the same accounts I do for like Star Trek comic books. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people can't really capture the way... William Shatner looked back then very well. Right. Because uh, he's he's sort of generically handsome. Yeah. And yeah. it's very easy to make his face look, like, too puffy, so it looks like him now. Right. Or to make it too thin and it doesn't look anything like him. I think that's the problem, is that he's been so legendary that people kind of mix and match the eras of him. Oh, yeah, right? that's true. It's like it's like your brain thinks of all the different versions of, of William Shatner at once. I'm looking up uh, Silverhawks toys. Oh fuck! <laughs> These Silverhawks as fuck. I think if I had to choose the television show that tricked you the most with its opening theme, Silverhawks. It has to be Silverhawks because. The opening of Silverhawks looks like the greatest fucking animation you'll ever see in your life. I still remember the song, yeah. And then uh, the show itself looks like every other show that they made, like Thundercats and shit at that time, where people don't move very much. (laughs) These are crazy expensive. Holy shit. Oh yeah, no doubt. $200, $100, $300 in the package. Fuck that. The wild thing to me is like people, like action figures now are uh, in a whole different world than they were back in the day, but people yeah. still spend thousands of dollars for those old shitty action figures. Yeah, they're they're really crappily made. Like yeah. they, I remember back then they were like fall apart immediately, and we were kids playing with them, so we were probably yeah. rough and stuff. But like, they would just fucking collapse, and just, like they had like like especially Silverhawks, like their wings were like like fabric. Yeah, like that's you can't put that in a toy. Well, there was, like, uh, I had Triclops from He-Man. Yeah. And uh, his arm just popped off all the time. Like, I didn't even play that rough with my toys because I wanted to keep them. Well, yeah. his arm would just fall the fuck off. So I was like, okay, that's one of his powers, I guess. He could throw his (laughs) arm like a boomerang. (laughs) That's brutal. And because you you would just make that shit up as a kid, you'd be yeah, like, okay, he like, got a new power. He touched toxic waste, and he got a new power. He got yeah, he got injured. He man cut his arm off or something. So now he could throw his arm like a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Action figures are a slippery fucking slope for me. Like I would lose my yeah. I've my learned it. I've savings. learned that. I've learned that the hard way. I knew I want I was them doing. all so bad is the thing. I like, just got a Luke Skywalker uh, from Return of the Jedi, and it's kind of rare black series. You fucker. I would love yeah. that. Like, I realized that I, like, really could have a problem, like, for real. Like, I used to joke about it, but I realized, like, it was for real. The last time I went to a convention, which was, like, two, three years ago now, yeah, they had... I got these Mario and Luigi figures that are, like, um, posable action figure Mario and Luigi, which yeah. is all I ever wanted when I was a kid. And they never made them. And 
I saw behind them on the shelf that they had Fire Mario, Fire oh, yeah. Luigi, Tanuki Mario. Oh, Tanuki? Oh, fuck, they had, I would get like, that one. The Tanuki Luigi that's like the Fox Tanuki. Oh, no! And I was like, oh my god, I could. Sp- these are like, tw- like four- 15 to $18 each. I could literally go broke in this one booth. Oh, I've been coll- I've been getting like the black series for like some of them are like forty bucks. It's crazy. Jeez. But like... I get I get like one, and then I like wait. You know, I'm I'm pretty okay about it. But like, it's easy, man. It's easy just to oh, I spent a hundred bucks. You know exactly. Whoops. Like I walked around with the Tanuki Mario in my hand in that booth. Like I had to get it along with the others, and I was like, but no, then I would have to get the Luigi too. Yep. And then, of course, I'd have to get the fire versions. That's how they do it. My favorite power-up. That's how they do it. (laughs) I had to put it back. I was like, look, this is you're opening a gate that'll never be able to be closed again. Well, I'm there. Learn from me. I'm there. (laughs) Learn to be you or to not be you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This episode of Star Trek was really good, by the way. I love this episode. A+. A+. Yep. Yeah, this is a big ol' A, A+. Good, plus. Good, ass, good ass episode. And with that, I think we've reached the end of M-Class Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, and a special big thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. My boy. Check him out on all a major music shops on the internet. Spotify, iTunes, the YouTube Pro- uh, SoundCloud? I don't know. I yeah, don't I remember. So. He has a band camp, for sure. Yeah. Check him out. Thank you to all of our patrons. Can mm-hmm. you believe we made it the whole episode without mentioning Patreon? I just thought that. We did Holy good. shit. Or bad, depending on which way you look at it. Probably, probably bad. <laughs> if you'd like to support this show and get tons of behind-the-scenes content, access to a cool Discord full of other fans of the show and Star Trek in general... If you want, like, wallpapers, other podcasts, like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, where we talk about anything not related to Star Trek. Kind of like this episode. (laughs) Yes. The the end of this episode was like a mini Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. So if you enjoyed that, head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast and find the tier that's right for you to pledge at so that you can get all the extra content that you're missing out on. May I recommend the highest tier? The highest tier does make you legally part owner of M-Class Podcasts. So. Damn. That's sweet. You can tell me what to do, sort of. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we should offer something else to the 50s. Feet picks. The, the true uh, number ones. Number one stunners. Number one stunner. What, 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 what? what, what? what? Thank you to everybody who uh, writes into our other show at mclassemail at gmail.com because we're about to record that shit and I appreciate each and every one of you. So shoot us an email. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of what we were talking about, your pitch it or ditch it's, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. And follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast for all the hottest Star Trek takes. Funny jokes. Start doing hot takes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Josh, for being my pal. Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be back, baby. It is great to be back, and we'll be back in one week. No more break for more M-Class goodness. So bye, B-Love. Bye, B-Love.
I'm mentally ill.